does anyone still subscribe to Tidal? And why the Apple Card may not be premium enough for some. This is Mac Voices. Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices Magazine, our free magazine on Flipboard and on the web. Want to cut through all the noise and find out what you can do with your Apple gear? Mac Voices Magazine focuses on just that, aggregating the best how-to articles and information. Get it by searching for Mac Voices in the Flipboard app or visiting macvoices.com slash magazine. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. The Mac Voices Live panel takes a look at where Tidal fits into the streaming music landscape and Spotify winning against Google, as well as a whole lot more. Let's go back and let the panel do the talking. Well, I've been saving one last story because this was uh, generated a surprising amount of of interest uh, in the Slack this afternoon. Um, Tidal is laying off 10% of its staff. And... I have to say, when I first saw this, I'm going to quote Jim Ray because he he said in our Slack exactly <laughs> what I thought: the title is still in business. Yeah, I thought <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> I, I, I I wish. I mean, so and then and then Mark I think took off in a, in a big way, and I'm going to let him rip on that for a second. Mark, you got two minutes to explain the business case that uh, <laughs> you, your analysis of it because this was very interesting. Okay, yeah. So, uh, you know, when this came up in our Slack chat room uh, last night, you know, th- there was some some discussion of title. Are they even around anymore? Um, or, you know, you know, they're laying off people. You know, of course, you know, is there enough room in the you know, music streaming space for them? Blah 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 blah. So, uh, you know, I took you know, I took about a half hour this afternoon, and uh, Chat GPT was useless. You know, on OpenAI. But, you know, with the assistance of uh, Copilot, you know, which is, you know, how it's branded if you use the Bing browser, um, you know, I was, you know, able to, you know, quickly get to uh, some of a block, you know, formerly known as Square, which is a company that bought Tidal in 2021. And... It you know they they disclose they have a special category in which they disclose you know basically the title uh, revenues you know and it turns out that they're actually you know, generating decent amount of revenue and profit. Excuse the dogs in the background. That must be an Amazon delivery coming. Oh but, crap! Uh, My watch band went to the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, title. Uh, actually is generating, you know, a uh, profit for them and looking at uh, sort of their third quarter in 2023, you know, i.e. the quarter into September, $50 million of revenue, $16 million of profit. And, you know, that's not bad, but uh, comparing that to, you know, prior quarters, basically their profit, you know, their net profit you know, has, uh, has been flat. So, in you know they they raise their prices on August first, so because of that, there's a step function you're able to do. You know, if you're uh, algebraically inclined, you're able to do a little bit of analysis, um, and you know, sort of what I figured out from that is they have like 3.7 million subscribers. Uh, when you search around, there are things that say they're between three to five. So uh, 
you know that uh, that's in check with some of the best information uh, you know available on the web. Uh, but furthermore, you're, if you look at if you assume the profit is flat and the increase of profit is due to their price increases, uh, you know then just doing a little bit of uh, linear algebra, you, you can identify that uh, they have you know fifty nine percent of their customers are in the higher priced you know category, which is uh, which is now sixteen ninety nine or seventeen dollars a month, and the other forty one percent are you know ten ninety nine or eleven dollars per month. So it's out there, you know, historically, you know, it's, it's declined because, you know, back in fourth quarter 21, when they got acquired, they were like $56 million, uh, you know, of revenue. So, you know, they've obviously seen, you know, some cancellation and affection to people going to Apple as Apple's added, you know, high, uh, you know, high bit rate and, you know, lossless uh, recording quality. So, you know, I think, you know, compared to we've talked about, you know, and, uh, you know, we've kicked Spotify, you know, you know, in the, in the, in the butt in many, on many prior shows, you know, titles out there silently, you know, just, you know, they have a loyal user base. They have good, uh, they have a good customer and based on their price increases, now they're declining, you know, you know they're cutting 10% of their staff, you know, they'll be generating even more profit, which of course is going to absorb into the financials of, you know, Block, formerly Squarespace, you know, who is now their new corporate owner as of you know a couple of years ago. What what intrigued me? I mean, I, I brought this up because we just talked about Spotify, you know, cutting staff. And Mark's right; we have kind of beat on Spotify because of some of their antics over the past few weeks. But I don't know anybody, and I, I'm sorry if you, if anybody out there does, including the folks in the chat room who use Title. I'd love to hear from you. Because I, I don't know, know anybody. Do you know anybody? Without without reveal, I mean, is there a particular reason that they are a title subscriber? They're a title subscriber because they wanted a streaming music service that offered higher quality audio files, mm-hmm. and at the time, that was title. Yeah, and that differentiator is gone now, but. Th- they, since they've been using Title for a while, it's just inertia. They're still using Title. Yeah. Plus, uh, Spotify hasn't gotten their act together on high bit, bit rate yet. Yeah. How, how many months ago? How yeah, How many months ago was it that we brought up that story that they were saying yet yeah, it was coming? It was coming like it has been for a long time. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess. I have to admit, I've never I, until this moment. I never thought about uh, any tools to move title playlists from title to something else. Um, I because I know there are tools out there to do that with for with Spotify over to Apple Music, and I'm sure there are probably some that go the other direction. So I, I'm yeah. I, is there a title app? I I guess there is. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. there is a title app mm-hmm. for okay. iOS. Sure. So there are services that will import your title playlists to Spotify. Um, like there are multiple options for doing that. So hmm. yeah, it's a thing. Well, but again, you know, at uh, what was I saying? You know, sort of um, 
you know, 3.7 subscribers, you know, Apple Music has on the order of 90 million subscribers. And, uh, and well, Spotify lies in plain sight about how many subscribers they have because, you know, they sell family plans and, you know, family plans are six users, but in the U.S., the average household size is, you know, 2.4 2.4 people so they exaggerate you know the uh, number of actual users that they have you know while it, it's pure camouflage because everybody you know, reports users and they don't pay attention to you know, the footnotes so i'm continuing to be amazed you know spotify you know a couple of weeks ago and they said they had profits their stock jumped up and it's gone flat since then but uh you know we'll see where this works out i mean Maybe they have enough uh, new revenue and firing all the people they did. You know, maybe they have enough new revenue from podcasting that, uh, you know, they may turn into a profitable, you know, sustainable business. Only time will tell. I, yeah, I mean, Spotify is, I, I think their whole model is interesting. Um, and I, I sometimes, I guess the number of users is important to someone. I would think that the dollar numbers would be the most important, but what do I know? But speaking, oh no, that's right. Well, yeah, we'll just go ahead and do this one. But speaking of Spotify, Spotify won their action against Google. The the same, basically the same action they were trying to do against Apple, where they lost in front of a judge. Not the same action. I thought it was no. the same. They went, they went in about, uh, okay, the Google thing, on the surface, it's the same thing. The actual complaint that they were fighting over, not the same thing. This was about special price deals that Google was giving to preferred vendors, which is not the, the fight they were having with Apple. So it's it, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But since Apple wasn't doing the, or as far as we know, this preferred price deal thing with very specific uh, developers or vendors, um, it's probably not going to have a real impact on anything that uh, that relates to apple so this this is a google specific thing so jeff i must admit i haven't really paid much attention to the uh, you know case you know their case against google but from what you're saying uh you know let me you know, replay it to test if i understood you correctly what you're saying is that their case basically their cause of action was hey we're being you know treated unfairly because you know we can't get these terms where Google's provides special deals to other people on their platform and contrasted with Apple. It's, you know, everybody has to play by the Apple rules, but, uh, and they lost that case. And against the Google case, you're saying they won because uh, Google was unevenly, you know, didn't have a universal standard and they were, you know, you know, um, giving beneficial treatment to some developers and not to Spotify. That that's a nice summary right there. Well done. Mm-hmm. But I'm just throwing something here into um into the chats about it. 
Um, but it's also, Chuck, I'm sorry, just jumped right in on you on no, that. No, 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 no. I'm glad you clarified it, Jeff, because I I had not dug that deeply into it. The thing that got my attention was that uh, Tim Sweeney and his. I'm sorry, on, I said I said Spotify. I I meant to, I meant to say Epic. Excuse me. We all knew what you meant. Yeah, yeah. I, right. I was wondering if it was Google just like lost to everybody this week. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yes. And I think I, yeah, I think I, I let in improperly too, because they all just seem like the same thing. But um, Tim Sweeney was saying, you know, well, the only reason that, that we didn't prevail against Apple is because they didn't write everything down like Google did. Well, what maybe, a, maybe what if a, they had used the what same a tactic. Stupid comment. What a yeah. stupid comment. Well, he just, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't help himself. Um, the other thing, though, that I saw that was interesting and was that this was in front of a jury, whereas Apple's was in front of a judge. So take that for what it's worth. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's a, a relevant factor for the outcome, uh, only because the, they were using a different tactic in each case. And... Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, so would they be able to convince a jury that uh, uh, that they were being treated unfairly by Apple? I don't know. I mean, if you go by, or if you assume that your jury goes strictly by the uh, the the judge's orders for how they have to evaluate the case then it's likely the jury would have ruled the same or come back with the same uh, verdict that the judge did. But of course we'll never know because it didn't happen. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and plus Ben, sorry, go plus looking at some of the stuff that was released from the case, as far as the evidence goes, uh, some Google executives made some very poor uh, choices when it comes to saying things out loud. I know that feeling. <laughs> well, there's this little thing about being under oath, Ben, that you know encourages that kind of thing. Yeah, there's I, that too. I just I sometimes wonder with especially with some of the legal arguments because so many of the things Apple always seems to defend on a fairly technical basis and a very legal basis and it makes me wonder if a judge appreciates those and understands those arguments better than a lay jury could taking nothing away from any of the jurors didn't mean that but you know sometimes juries can get emotionally carried away as opposed to following the letter of the law yeah, East Texas. Did I name any <laughs> jurisdictions? <laughs> <laughs> um, last thing for the evening, just because we have, you know, it was such a hot topic last week and it'll continue to be a hot topic. But uh, apparently, MX feels that uh, they that Apple Card is not maybe premium enough for them. <laughs> <laughs> According to should have put Chamfered Inches on that card. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I just this just amused me. You know, it's maybe like, this well, means they think they're not going to get the account. 
That's sour grapes. No, no, no. It's I, cost. <clears throat> cost. No, I think I, I think you know just uh, you know snide jokes you know apart. I think that uh, part of the. I, I think this is a serious concern. Um, you know because I think you know, part of the reason you know Goldman Sachs probably ran into difficulty is not having enough experience in the consumer credit industry and doing everything in house. You know, they probably issued a lot of credit cards, you know, to people who are uncreditworthy. And you know, American Express has always been you know, focused on you know, the most credit worthy and you know the people at the highest end of uh, the credit spectrum. So uh I suspect that is part of the problem is that you know there may be a lot of people out there, oh you know, they, they you know they have an Apple, you know they they bought a two year old Apple phone so that you know they can show that they have an Apple and just you know just stereotypes and you know imagination aside, you know I imagine there's a lot of people in the Apple user base who are not as credit worthy you know as American Express would want. And is that five or ten percent of the user base or fifty or sixty or seventy or forty three or thirty seven? You know. None of us are privy to that information, but you know, the fact that uh, you know that story is out there, obviously somebody at Amex is you know talking to somebody, and it's uh, you know leaking out into uh, into the media and being reported. Mark, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that 70 percent of Apple customers do not have bad credit ratings. I would disagree with you, Jim, because I think you're talking about the historical Apple customer and not the millions of new Apple customers, you know, who have come in, you know, through iPhone. Do you think a majority of iPhone buyers have bad credit ratings? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they don't have a credit rating sufficient for American Express to want them as customers. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so Jim, you... I'm not sure you, either one of you are asking the are, are, are asking the right question. Isn't the right question the Apple card holders, not c Apple customers or iPhone owners? Right. Uh, I mean, oh, okay. Yeah, Apple, I think, Apple card I, holders I mean, could be anybody, right? So, so mm -hmm. Chuck, Chuck, you're right. I, I'm using sort of Apple, you know, as a, as a proxy, and it's, it's too broad a term, you know, for you know, the people actually are using holding Apple card. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's almost fair to say that all Apple Card users would have would be iPhone users, but even that's not guaranteed. But it, the, that percentage has to be pretty high, so that would lend tend me tend to have me believe that the majority of those would have a better credit rating. Now, you also well, use an interesting phrase: uh, sufficient uh, for MX. Uh, again, you know, uh, again having having. Having no information, it, it's hard hard to tell. But I do know when Apple you know, first launched Apple Card, you know they were out there and they were heavily promoting it. And they you know, recently, in the past couple of weeks, I've you know heard them you know promoting Apple Pay. They're not talking about Apple Card; they're talking about Apple Pay. But when Apple Card was first introduced, you know there was all sorts of stories of you know people out there and they're being unfairly denied and this, that, and the other thing. And then they come out and they have, you know, uh, you know very low initial credit uh, limits. Um, so, you know, I think, I think they may have been, uh, they may have been careful, but um, you know, there, there's, you know, there's tens, there's hundred million, you know, uh, you know, 
you know, app, there's, there's tens of millions of Apple Card customers. There's 100 million-ish, you know, Apple, you know, iPhone customers in the U.S. You know, that's just so many that, that that's so broad that they're not all at the peak of the pyramid of uh, credit worthiness. And, you know, it, how much of a problem it is, th- this is the thing. We just don't know any of the data. You know, we, you get all these little leaks and news and things reported. But, you know, I think for a company like American Express, which, you know, traditionally has, you know, catered their service, you know, to, you know, basically, you know, uh, you know business and higher income, uh, you know, people. And, you know, they... You know, they recently, I think in the past, you know, was it 15 years or so, went from being a, you pay us on time or you're deadbeat to actually extending, you know, you know credit loan or you know, consumer credit, you know, to people, you know, who uh, who don't pay off uh, their statement in full. Um, you know, I think they're very, very, very particular, you know, and, you know, they have a much tighter aperture, you know, than, you know, some of the other, you know, credit card companies, you know, but uh, again, uh, all we know is, you know, Apple's getting a divorce, and we don't know if they're who they're going to rebound to. Yeah, I'm going to give Webb Bixby the last word because he's in the chat room. He says, "I still like Barclays PLC over Citibank due to the international exposure," and I don't think that's a bad bad bet, Webb. No. But like with everything, we'll see. Guys, thank you. Great discussions. We got through a lot of topics tonight. Um, Some were just little ones, but uh, I definitely felt like we wanted to follow up on them because a lot of them are stories that we have talked about at length in previous shows. Um, Let's go around the room, let folks know where they can find you, and then we'll take off. Uh, So I'm going to flip it around. Since Guy was the last one in, I'll let him be the first one out. Oh, my, my. Guy, yeah, you can find here. me <clears throat> over on Counter Social and Mastodon.social as Mac Parrot, as well as over there on the X's. Uh, I do the MyMac.com podcast with Gaz and have been for way too many years than uh, I care to remember. Uh, and if you check out the MyMac.com podcast, you'll find out that there are tech shows out there that just don't seem to talk that much about tech. Thank you. <laughs> Mark Fuccio, where can folks connect with you? LinkedIn or at you know X F K A Twitter at M A R K F U C C I O. Great. Thanks for being here, Mark. Mr. Ray. Glad you were able to join us and everything's under control. Where can folks connect with you? Uh well, let's see. The recording of this won't come out for a while, right? So I'm going to give a different place uh, because you're going to be able to find my software at the Artisanal Software Festival or Winterfest um, starting on December 21st. So that's artisanalsoftwarefestival.com. Uh, I'll put the link in our chat if Chuck wants to include it. So I'm not sure who the other, there's going to be a bunch of cool software programs in there. They mostly offer 25% discounts. So that's going to be on for like three weeks starting then. So you can check me out there. You can also find me on Mastodon at ProViewJim at TechHub.Social. Excellent. Thank you, Jim. Jeff Gamut, 
thank you for being here. Um, and we'll be looking forward to your cameo appearance anytime. Uh, <laughs> where where can fifty bucks, Chuck? Hundred. Uh, just put it on my tab. Uh, where can folks find you? <laughs> well, when, when I'm not making cameos for Chuck, um, uh, well, <laughs> on the social medias, I'm Jay Gamut. Uh, Mastodon, Instagram, and Threads. That's that's where I'm doing most of my stuff right now. Then uh, for shows, well, here, which is always a blast. So thank you, Chuck. Then uh, Thursdays on In Touch with iOS, Dave's show. Dave, thanks for letting me join you on that. It's always fun. And uh, then on the British Tech Network, Thursday's The Big Show, Friday's The Mac Show, and Brian Chaffin and I do The Context Machine, too. Excellent. Thank you, Jeff. Ben Rathig, where is the best place for folks to find you? Uh, you muted, Ben. He lost his voice. Uh, <laughs> I could talk again. It's a miracle. Uh. Uh, you can find me at Ben Rithig on your social media of choice. Rithig.tech for my writings. On Thursdays, you can find me on In Touch with iOS with, with Mr. Dave Ginsburg. On Thursdays and Fridays, uh, you can find me on the Big and Mac shows, interimly hosted by Mr. Jeff Gamet. And of course, every Tuesday, you can find me here on Mac Voices. Thank you, Ben. In spite of Ben's challenge, Brian ends the evening with as the only man with the tie. Um, Brian, <laughs> where can folks connect with you? Thank you so much for having me on. And um, like I got a fellow tie member here, Ben. <laughs> and uh, you can find me on uh, Mastodon, uh, Brian8944 at Mastodon.cloud. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate I Thai food, if that helps. There you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Eric Bowden. I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, I know. Unfortunately, I am, too. Um, uh, <laughs> where, where can folks connect with you and your Finch? Uh, <laughs> you can find me on Mastodon uh, at, at EA Bolden at techhub.social or at mas.to for the, the bird, bird pictures. Good to know we have an option for the bird pictures. Thanks for being here, Eric. Last but absolutely not least, Mr. David Ginsburg. David, thank you so much for being here. What's the best way for folks to connect with you? Thanks for having me. As always, Chuck, you can find me at In Touch with iOS at InTouchWithIOS.com. My YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash In Touch with iOS. I'm on the Mac show on Fridays and I'm here on Tuesdays and I'm on Macedon at Dave G 65 at Macedon.club. Thank you. Thank you folks. I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac voices live Tuesdays, 8 PM Eastern, 5 PM Pacific, whatever time it is, wherever you are, you should be here with us because we just have way too much fun. I especially want to thank the chat room. They were pretty talkative tonight. They were having some conversations of their own along with ours, um, but it's always great to have them. And that's why we encourage you to come. And if you can, if you're in time zones that line up with ours, please come and participate because it's a lot of fun. And we always like to hear what you have to say. Back with more soon on Mac Voices. Until then, thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. 
Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices each month. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.